Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is 8 p.m. East Coast time, uh, and it is August the 25th, 2023. I apologize for my uh, late start today. Um, But, you know, I've always said that the most important job a person can have if they are a mother or a father is to be that mother or father to their kids. Uh, And the job doesn't end when our children become adults. Um, Our commitment to our kids should be, in my humble opinion, a lifelong commitment. Fortunately, we didn't have a serious problem, but my youngest son, who, by the way, is an adult, had car problems, and I felt that my most important priority today was to assist him, and I figured that you would all understand um, that that's what I needed to do before I went on the air today. So the problem is being resolved. I'm here. You're there. Um, and, and let's get the show started, and, and thank you for being here. What I want to focus on today is the presidential debate that was conducted by Fox News with the GOP candidates this past week. Uh, Martha McCallum and Brett Baer were the moderators, if you saw the debate. And I will tell you that I probably could not have been more disappointed um, than I was. In my judgment, and you know where I stand on immigration and the way that I understand immigration is perhaps very different from the way most people understand it, but that goes back to my many years of experience with immigration law enforcement going back to 1971 uh, when I was given my inspector's badge when when I hired on as an immigration inspector at Kennedy Airport, a position I held for four years until I became a special agent in 1975. 30 years enforcing and administering those laws has taught me quite a bit. It's information that you're not going to get from the mainstream media because most of what they tell you are lies, propaganda, nonsense. They put people on to talk about immigration who have zero immigration experience. Why? It's one thing to have someone come on and talk about a movie or or a musical or what car they like. But when you talk about immigration, you're talking about virtually every challenge and threat that confronts America and Americans today. It's not just the southern border. Is the southern border a disaster? It's a a disaster beyond all comprehension. It's a total disaster. It's incomprehensible that even as drugs and record quantities are pouring across our borders and people are coming across our borders, that Biden would decide to sell off the remnants of the border wall begun by Trump. But let's remember that Trump couldn't get the Republicans to fund the border wall either. 
He had to go to the courts and use military funding to fund the border wall because the Republicans are all in also. Let's not play any games with this nonsense. Let's stop the, the, the garbage. In fact, it was the Republicans who started the immigration crisis. Jimmy Carter started the, this game of linguistic gymnastics. Oh, we're not going to call aliens aliens. We're going to call them immigrants, illegal aliens or undocumented immigrants. Really? The term alien simply means any person, not a citizen or national of the United States. That's not my definition. It's part and parcel of the Immigration and Nationality Act. There's no insult. It doesn't say you're ugly, stupid, smell bad, or immoral. All it says is you are not an American citizen, and you are present on our land. And when we go to any other country, unless we have citizenship in that country, we become aliens in that country. What's the problem with the word alien? The problem with the word alien is that it provides clarity. And every other country on the planet has no problem making that distinction about citizen versus alien. All of the problems we have flow from the corruption and unwillingness of politicians who purportedly were elected to represent us and our best interests and refuse to do so because they've been bought and paid for. I I thought it was really funny if you saw Ramaswamy referring to the other candidates on the stage as super PAC puppets, super PAC puppets. Why? Because they take the money. Well, he's a billionaire, so might he be a puppeteer? I don't know. But nobody ever asked that question. What has he been doing with his money that might possibly impact the way that politicians vote on key issues, including perhaps, I have no clue, immigration? I don't know. But immigration has been the biggest issue to destroy the middle class, Alan Greenspan, back on April 30th, 2009, said that the solution to wage inequality, this guy was the chairman of the Fed, the solution to wage inequality is make highly educated Americans, people with PhDs, MBAs, etc., compete with foreign workers for their jobs because Americans are making too damn much money and we've got to clip the amount of money they're earning And the easiest and quickest way to do that, according to Greenspan in 2009, and he has repeated this many times over, as have many other money people, okay? The easiest way is to make Americans compete with third world workers for their jobs. And once we do that, we will greatly reduce that wage premium that they are being paid over Americans who have no skills. He actually had the unmitigated chutzpah, as we say in Brooklyn, to refer the middle-class, high-tech workers as the privileged elite. Privileged elite. This is a guy with mansions all over the place, including uh, out in the Hamptons. But hard-working, middle-class, high-tech workers are the privileged elite. And what was the solution, he said? Bring in an army of foreign workers. Make the Americans compete. You get rid of that wage premium, and then you greatly reduce inequality in wages between Americans with skills and those with lesser skills. And along comes Ronald Reagan, gives us the first amnesty. Along comes Ronald Reagan, gives us the visa waiver program. Along came Ronald Reagan and gave us the diversity visa signed into law by George Herbert Walker Bush. And how many more Republicans and Democrats do we have to hear from who talk about the jobs Americans can't or won't do? Wow. Wow. Instead of saying, if Americans lack the skills to do the jobs, let's make sure that we educate Americans so they can take those important high-tech jobs and join the middle class and rise themselves and raise themselves up um, to the point of prosperity and then we hear well 
if we don't allow the aliens we educate in America to stay here, that after we educate them, they're likely to go back to their home country. Yes, they do. And they take with it intellectual property, which has enabled countries like China, Iran, and Russia to build up their military. And guess who's in their gun sites? We are. How did they become educated? We educated them at our best universities here in the United States, and then they took the opportunity to use practical uh, training to do what? Commit espionage against America. China, most prominent. Incredible. So when they said we need to allow foreign students to remain in the United States once we educate them, otherwise they'll go halfway around the world, I had a better idea. Let's educate American kids. American kids. Yes, you heard me. What a thought. American kids, black, white, green, purple, I don't care. Let's get American kids out of poverty. Give them opportunities to rise through the ranks of the middle class, become homeowners and successful entrepreneurs through education. American kids. And then the worst that an American kid will do once you educate them is not to go halfway across the world, but perhaps go halfway across town. You know what that would mean? Corporations would have to pay Americans more. And we know how the corporate executives are struggling. Back in the 50s, when the world made sense, the average CEO made about 50 times what his or her employees made on the shop room floor. Today, that number is up to 600 times. Well, how could you make 600 times what your employees are earning if they're Americans working for legal wages under legal conditions inside the United States of America? So you either export the jobs overseas, where they use slave labor, basically, or you import an army of foreign workers to suppress the wages of Americans and, in fact, displace Americans. And when we hear the politicians say, we need a modern immigration system, what it really means is they want to eliminate the section of law in the Immigration Act, go to Title VIII, United States Code, Section 1182, that basically states that alien workers can only be hired when there are Americans who are not available, ready, willing, and able to do the jobs. They want to be able to fire every American. They want employers to be able to go out on that factory floor and go up and down the ranks and say, if you're an American, leave. Basically. Basically. Because they want to be able to give unlimited numbers of visas to foreign nationals. And in fact, by the way, the Biden administration is now going after SpaceX for not hiring enough foreign workers, refugees, and so forth. Think about that. This is insanity. This is about the destruction of the middle class through immigration. And since that immigration um, egg was cracked open, look at what happened to wages and purchasing power of the average American. In the 50s, it was common for an American to buy a home and have two cars in the driveway. Try that today. Try that today. Go ahead. So you would think that this would be a big part of any debate about the presidential election. Oh. Now, it was interesting because in the beginning, uh, I forget if it was Brett Baer or, or uh, Martha McCallum, shut off one of the candidates who started to talk about the border and said, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Hold your horses. No, we're not doing that now. You know when they first mentioned immigration? When, when either Martha or Brett mentioned immigration, I looked at my watch, Coast Time, 
90 minutes into a debate while America is suffering the biggest invasion ever suffered by any country in the history of the world. Seven or eight million illegal aliens are now living throughout the United States invited in by the Biden administration. Invited in. They are flooding our country. They've been dispersed clear across America, impacting the environment, the economy, um, criminal justice, you name it, health care. We're overwhelming ourselves intentionally because of Biden. Now it turns out that Hunter Biden may have accompanied his father when he was vice president. I don't know what the number is, 12 countries, 13 countries. And the Justice Department is playing games. Michael Horowitz seems to be playing games. I know Horowitz. I know of him. He's a man of integrity, yet he's questioning whether, as Inspector General, he has the right to conduct the investigation or perhaps it should be handed over to the Office of Professional Responsibility. Nobody wants to touch it. Why? They used to say that Social Security was the third rail. Now it's corruption by the Democrats that's the third rail. And for the record, I'm a lifelong registered Democrat. But let me tell you what, these folks are anything but Democrats. They are anything but liberal. I am a liberal. I make no excuses. I make no exceptions. I am a liberal. My parents were liberals. They raised me to be a liberal. And I raised my four kids to be liberals. And I am damn proud of it because liberals actually celebrate the First Amendment. Liberals actually believe that every American has an absolute guaranteed right under the First Amendment to freedom of speech. And, of course, freedom of speech requires freedom of thought. Is that who the Democrats are today with their cancel culture? God forbid you ask a question, they will shut you down or maybe look to see if they can't prosecute you. They declare parents going to school board meetings to be domestic terrorists. I was the parent association president of my daughter's public school. I was very proud to do that. This happened around the time of 9-11. I had injured my leg executing warrants uh, with the FBI and the New York City Police Department. Uh, I said, gee whiz, I'm home. I don't like being home. I had a problem. I wound up getting surgery on my knee. But while I'm home, what can I do that's productive? And this principal of the school and the parents association reached out to Mr. Cutler would you be willing to take on the responsibility of PA president? They said, absolutely. And one of my goals of PA president was to encourage every parent that I could to participate in the education of their own children. That's common sense. Kids who have loving parents who provide them with both discipline and love and, and so forth do better than anyone. They tend to grow up the most um, – Stable, the, the most um, self, the most, I'm trying to think of the exact words that I want to use, but they grow up um, probably under the best opportunities possible because it is, so poss- it is so important that relationship between parents and children is the primary relationship that puts the child on the track or off the track for his or her life to come. That's how important it is. And this administration is doing everything it can to drive a wedge between parents and their children. This is insane. We hear all about the issues of mental illness. Drugs are flowing freely into the country. Cities are actually, like New York, providing advice to its residents as to how to use dangerous, illegal drugs safely. If they're dangerous and illegal, they should be arrested for using it and perhaps be forced to get um, treatment. 
I'm not saying jail time. We need alternatives for people that are addicted to drugs. But the government is responsible in large measure for this problem. The pharmaceutical companies are largely responsible. And you don't think there's a nexus there, but studies done about how teenage kids who get involved with even marijuana because the THC levels are so high wind up with mental illness. So we hear about guns and mental illness and violence and mental illness. And meanwhile... What role does dysfunctional do dysfunctional families play? What role does drug use play? Crazy. And much of the narcotics in America comes across our borders, not just border, but borders. Border security issue. And God bless Fox News because they waited basically until when? 90 minutes into the program. China's our problem. Okay, but let's Stop for a moment and ask the question about China. Why is China a problem? China is a problem because they are a communist country. The idiots that were jumping up and down when the Berlin Wall came down, and I know some of these clowns, they need rubber noses and floppy shoes. Oh, we've killed communism. Communism is over. The MD- Really? China is the most populous country on the planet. It's still a communist country. Cuba sits 90 miles off our shores. It's a communist country. But the clowns are running around, celebrate, look at that, communism is gone, the wall came down. Talk about having blinders on, talk about being idiots. Goodness gracious. So China is a communist country. They don't want to coexist with capitalism. They will for now, as long as it takes them to the destination they want to go. But they're not on the express train. They're going to get off the train at some point. I remember going to California not long after, after 9-11 to give a speech. There was a very nice young lady sitting next to me, young enough to be my daughter, perhaps. And she was so secure and smug. And she said to me, isn't it wonderful how China has become our trade partner? I said, only for now, only for now. They're our trade partner because they're acquiring from America the technology they desperately need to surpass us. Oh, she said, that's silly. They wouldn't want to do that. I said, why not? These are competitors, and these are competing ideologies, communism versus capitalism, freedom versus tyranny. And I said, one day the rulers of China are going to decide they want Taiwan. Oh, my God, why would they want Taiwan? They don't need Taiwan. I said, well, that's your opinion. Well, I have a degree from, you know, whichever university, and I graduated magna cum nonsense. I said, well, that may well be the case. Good for you. I'm glad you're educated, but there's a world of difference between being educated and being smart. There's a world of difference between being educated and being experienced. I said, you know, world leaders have big egos. Most people have ego issues. The guy that cheats on his beautiful, doting, faithful wife at the Christmas party because he had a couple drinks too many uh, is, is giving in to his ego. Oh, I could do that with that woman. Why not? And then he destroys his marriage. The kids don't talk to him. He gets fired from his job, all because he wanted to spend 30 minutes with somebody. Uh, If he wasn't so damn drunk, he'd probably ask himself, what am I thinking? Egos create a lot of problems for people, right? Egos are a big problem. And so you don't think the leaders of countries have even bigger egos and the countries of totalitarian governments have the biggest egos and you don't think that Taiwan 
is basically a thumb shoved into the eyeball of the red Chinese? Well, that's silly. I said, really? I said, the day will come when the leader of China will reach out to the president of the United States, whoever that person will be, and say, listen, we're going into Taiwan tomorrow. You can say what you want because we don't give a damn about your words. Your words mean nothing to us. But if you interfere, we will nationalize all of your factories that you were nice enough to build in our country. We will embargo everything made in those factories, and then we'll decide whether or not to arrest all of those Americans working in the factories or simply send them home, and we will take that all over, and then we're going to call in the loans that you owe us. And she said to me, Mr. Cutler, you need to join the 21st century. I said, I have. You need to look at history. Are we there yet? How far off are we? So how did China become a military force to be reckoned with? Very simple. Back in the 70s, Richard Nixon and Henry Kissinger decided that if we could bring China into the economic world, that we would have more customers for Pepsi and General Motors trucks and God knows what else. There's money to be made. Yeah, the communists said the capitalists will sell you the rope with which you will hang them. Here we are. So we brought Chinese students to the United States. We taught them math. We taught them programming. We taught them engineering and science. And while they were here, they decided that they would commit espionage, which is prevalent. In fact, they lead the world in spying and everything, whether it's industrial espionage, military industrial espionage. They're a big vacuum cleaner sucking up every intellectual crumb they can. Many of their airplanes look like ripoffs of American airplanes because, frankly, they are. And how did this happen? Because we let their students into our country. Is that an immigration story? Of course it is. But all that we hear about is the southern border, the southern border, the southern border. And, yes, folks, believe it or not, the southern border. Back in the 80s, most of the narcotics flowing into the United States didn't come through Mexico. It came through Florida on speedboats from Colombia. That was the basis for the TV series and the ultimate movie, Miami Vice. Remember all the speedboats, right? The drugs were coming by boat. Once Vice President Bush created the task force to go after those boats using the Navy and the Coast Guard, the cartels said, hey, you know what? This isn't working for us, for us anymore. Let's give up part of our profits because our people were reaching into Colombia and going after the cartel leaders in Colombia. And they said, let's work with Mexico. We'll bring the drugs into Mexico. The Mexican criminals can move it across that border. We'll give up half of our profit, but they will insulate us, the, the Colombians, from U.S. law enforcement. They will make it that much more difficult for the drugs to be stopped. And that's how it happened. When I testified before Congress at a number of hearings, I made the point that border security and immigration law enforcement are like big balloons. When you squeeze a balloon at one end, it bulges someplace else. If you made the Mexican border completely impassable, people would still flow into the United States. And in fact, there was a statement made that when they stopped the flow of drugs coming in from Colombia through Miami, not all of them, but quite a bit, that now the cartels have to take a more circuitous route. It didn't stop the drugs. It just meant that we were inconveniencing the cartels. Think about that. 
But all that we're hearing is we've got to secure the southern border. And one of the candidates said, don't hire 87,000 IRS agents, hire 87,000 Border Patrol agents. And, of course, the crowd cheered and everybody smiled. Photo up. You could put a million Border Patrol agents on the border. Do you think you're going to stop illegal aliens from entering the United States? No. No. Because they will still come through the seaport. They will still come across the Canadian border. They will still come through international airports and disappear once we admit them. In fact, um, Judicial Watch did a report about how last year almost 900,000 aliens who were lawfully admitted into the United States vanished. It's not just that they overstayed their visas, but they violated their visas. They went missing. Perhaps they were engaged in criminal activity. Perhaps they were taking jobs that they shouldn't take because part of our immigration laws are designed to protect jobs and wages for Americans, something neither party wants because they're getting bribed by the corporations and the various entities that want to displace American workers. They're destroying the middle class by design, if you haven't noticed. That's why I wrote an article a while back that said for the Democrats to succeed, Americans must fail. Are Americans succeeding or failing, folks? Kamala Harris herself said that probably half of all Americans are unable to get their hands on $400 in an emergency. Is this a third world country? Half of all Americans would go financially under if they were suddenly confronted with a $400 expense? That's not the America that I remember growing up, right? For America, for the Democrats to succeed, Americans must fail. And do the Republicans really care how much the, Democrat, the, the middle class is getting hammered? No. As long as they have cheap labor, they're happy. And we now deal with the national security threat that we're talking about. The drugs are coming in. Hezbollah is working in coordination with the cartels in Latin America working in conjunction with China, Hezbollah, the Iranian terror group, flooding America with people and drugs, funding terrorism around the world through the drug trade and the trade in humans. We have tens of thousands of alien children who've gone missing in America, being exploited, perhaps being trafficked for uh, illegal employment, including, tragically, immorally, the sex trade. Anybody complaining? When was the last time you saw either party running commercials warning people about fentanyl? How very often fentanyl is disguised as a legitimate pharmaceutical. That Percocet pill looks just like a Percocet pill. If you take out a PDR, physician's dex reference, and, and, and look at the pill, it looks like the authentic pill. Turns out it's not. It's fentanyl, and it will kill you. That's what happened to Robert De Niro's grandson. I'm not a big Robert De Niro fan, but what happened to his grandson is a tragedy. It's horrible. And he's one of how many, I don't know, hundreds of thousands who've died that way in this country? So why aren't the Republicans running commercials? Why aren't other organizations running commercials warning people? Because the drug trade funds banking and real estate. The drug money washes through Wall Street. I mean, this is as dirty and immoral as it gets, and nobody gives a rat's tail. The people who are dying are dying simply because our country does not care. And then you look at the insane bail policies of the lunatic left. I've arrested many criminals as an agent. I was very proud to do it. I arrested people wanted for murder in as diverse countries as Israel and England 
happy to send them home so they could face criminal charges and get lengthy jail sentences to take them off the street and help their families to have a sense that there was some kind of justice in this world. And today, how many people are being brutally assaulted, raped, killed, whatever, and the criminals are back out on the street because we are compassionate. We are compassionate to these sociopaths and the murderers, and we don't give a rat's tail what happens to men, women, and children who are minding their own business even when they're getting shot through the walls of their own houses. And, and the beat goes on. But this invasion is outrageous, and you would have thought that this would have occupied the number one or number two spot in the discussions on the debate. And we had to wait 90 minutes. And then it all came down to one or two quick questions. Chris Christie said, you know, We've got to hire more Border Patrol and keep them out. And then they asked him, well, would you get rid of the people who are already here? And Christie had a problem giving a straight answer. I mean, I have no problem with it. You're damn right we should. That was part of what I did as an agent for 26 years. So instead he gave a little speech about how the immigrants are so important, and finally he said, yes, I'd kick them out. How? They didn't talk about a complete lack of interior enforcement, thanks to George W. Bush, even after 9-11. The way he created DHS violated the Homeland Security Act. They were never supposed to separate immigration law enforcement between Customs and Border Protection and ICE. They were never supposed to include other agencies in immigration law enforcement, which serve as a distraction. And all we have are about 6,000 ICE agents, and they're enforcing money laws, drug laws, kiddie porn laws, intellectual property theft laws, you name it, they're enforcing it. So by the time you get down to it, we have maybe one or 2,000 immigration agents in the entire country. But we're going to hire more Border Patrol. The Border Patrol mission ends at the border. Once you get past the border, the Border Patrol, they're done. ICE is supposed to take over. We don't have ICE agents, and nobody's talking about the need for interior enforcement. Nobody's talking about the need to go after immigration fraud. Only Trump did. I'm not a huge Trump fan. I I, I like some of his policies, but what I think what they're doing to him now, the selective law enforcement, you look at what Hillary did and said in the Steele dossier, Al Gore started this nonsense with the hanging chads and all that other crap back in the election in Florida. Stacey Abrams still thinks she's the governor of Georgia. Don't tell her otherwise. Have they been prosecuted? Shortly after Trump was elected, there were people running around wearing shirts that said, not my president. Were they insurrectionists? You know, I I took a a whole bunch of different classes at college. I was going to be an engineer originally. Things don't always go as we planned, but two of my kids are engineers. But I did take a couple of political science classes. Now, one professor said something one day that has stayed with me forever. He said that when the citizens of a country stop believing that their own government has legitimacy, almost inevitably, the consequence is revolution. So when I saw those kids running around with shirts that said, not my president, I said, "Uh uh-oh, we're playing with fire. We're playing with fire. Russian collusion was a hoax. You had shifts coming out. I was just given a top-secret briefing. They had the cone of silence over my head. I'd love to tell you what they told me, but I can't. They'd kill me. But I can tell you I saw material. Trump did it. Bald-faced lie. By the way, Trump at the time was the president. So you have a sitting president. You have an 
a sitting member of Congress going on national TV saying that he saw top-secret information that made it abundantly clear, no doubt about it, Trump collusion was real with Russia. Is anybody prosecuting Schiff? Nope. Hillary Clinton destroyed 30,000 emails and physically destroyed cell phones and other computer devices to basically engage in obstruction of justice. What happened to her? Nothing. You had the uh, then-Senator Biden taking top-secret material out of a skiff. He wasn't supposed to take anything out of the skiff. He wasn't president, wasn't even vice president, but even the vice president doesn't have that authority. So as a senator, he took top-secret material, according to published reports, and removed them. And some of the documents show up in Chinatown and various universities. And, 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 and where are we with that? But Donald Trump was a problem. And I wrote an article about Trump, and he said that Donald Trump is America's first whistleblower-in-chief. Now, it's been said that you can indict a ham sandwich. I believe it was Alan Dershowitz who said that if you follow someone around sooner or later, you'll find them committing a felony, because most people commit three felonies a day. If I'm wrong about Dershowitz, forgive me. Uh, but he is a heroic attorney who really stands for something. He's principled, and I think he's brilliant. I had the privilege of listening to Dershowitz at a Holocaust memorial service. My first wife, who passed away tragically decades ago, her parents were in the Holocaust, and they used to give me tickets every year to go to the Holocaust memorial services. So I brought their grandson and my stepson to one of those services. Dershowitz was the featured speaker, uh, incredibly powerful speaker. Uh, he's one of my heroes. And so Dershowitz made that point. If you follow, and we did that. If we wanted to get to look inside a car, we'd follow the driver around, and sooner or later, it might, maybe it took an hour, but he blew a red light, failed to signal, failed to come to a full stop at a stop sign, he gets pulled over, and everything flows from that. So anybody that you want to target, you can target. Now, the difference between a democracy and a police state is that in a democracy, you look to solve the crime that has been committed. In a police state, you look to find a crime you can hang on somebody you don't like. And to me, that's what it smells like with Donald Trump. We, did, we know he did something wrong, and if we look long enough and hard enough, we're going to find it. It wasn't like, look what he just did. No, we're going to look and see, and eventually we'll figure out something we can claim he did. And it started with Russian collusion and went elsewhere. Does that mean everything he did was right? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm probably not. But look at all the other transgressions by the other politicians who are facing zero consequences. This is selective law enforcement. When you have selective law enforcement, you turn the protectors, law enforcement, into the persecutors. You turn protectors into persecutors. If you're part of the wrong party or wrong tribe or wrong group or whatever, then you fear persecution because your government is not going to give you a fair shake because they don't like who you are and they are willing to use police power to make you pay a price. You see it in Russia, you see it in China, you see it in Iran. You wouldn't expect to see it in America, but this has now become commonplace in America, the weaponization of law enforcement. It sickens me. I spent 30 years of my adult life enforcing and administering laws, and this Sickens me to the point that, that I can't even begin to describe it. But again, all we're hearing about is the southern border. Now, what was interesting was that 
in the early part of the debate, the point had been made. Uh, by the way, I, I, I want to just read a section of the Constitution because we are always hearing about the Constitution. So, again, this is why this should have been the first issue in my judgment. Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution states the following. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. Against invasion. And on the application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. So we heard all about the crime. Why wasn't there any conversation about transnational gangs or about the involvement in drugs in most crimes? And many people that are involved in mass shootings, for example, are operating that weapon under the influence of drugs. If you have a crash in your car, the first thing the news reporters are going to do is talk about whether or not you were drunk at the time that the car hit the other vehicle or ran over that pedestrian. Makes sense. Driver had twice the legal limit of alcohol in his blood or her blood. Fine. When was the last time you saw an emphasis on toxicology of mass shooters? Never. Because that adds to the death toll to the drugs coming into the country with the wink and nod of our own damn government. Think about that. That's one of the secrets you can't tell the American people. We don't want them thinking about that. We need gun control, not drug control, not criminal control. God knows, not politician control. See? And by the way, if you have any doubt that what's happening is an invasion, invasion is defined as an instance of invading a country or region with an armed force or an incursion by a large number of people or things into a place or sphere of activity. The unwelcome intrusion of another, into another's domain. What are we witnessing, folks? Is this not an invasion? And by the way, if you think 7 million or 8 million is a problem, if Joe Biden stays in office and every year, let's say we admit 3 or 4 million more because he's only been there for two years, and look at the damage he's done, almost 8 million that we know of, 8 million. So what happens if we have six more years of this? How many more? How many more? 20 million, 30 million? And then they get to ask for an amnesty, which means they can bring in all their minor children and all of their spouses, and there'll be no way of confirming who the hell they are. So we wind up then with what? Two or 300 million. We will double our population with aliens who shouldn't be here. We have a drought, and, the, and, and they're, they're real big on the environment over on the radical left. In fact, today, I couldn't believe it. They're coming for the ceiling fans. Oh, my God. They're coming for the ceiling fans. The deck furniture on the Titanic is out of order. We've got to rearrange the furniture on the Titanic, even though it's listing 30 degrees. They're coming for the fans. By the way, people use fans to not use their air conditioners to save money and, and save electricity. But they're coming for the fans. They're not efficient enough. Really. Wow. There's a drought out west. Every human being requires about 100 gallons of water per day for sanitary purposes, toilets, cooking, drinking, showering, brushing teeth, you name it. We need more water than that for irrigation to grow the crops to feed the people who are here. God knows what that requires. But let's stick with 100 gallons. 
the administration is admitted between seven and eight million. By the time I'm done doing my program, we'll probably be up to eight million. God only knows. You know what that means? Every day, without exception, every day, 365 days a year, eight hundred million gallons of water are being consumed by people who shouldn't be here. Eight million people flipping on light switches and consuming electricity when they're worried about the electricity being drawn by ceiling fans. You want to talk about education? Great. The Congressional Budget Office estimated that it costs 20 to 40 percent more to educate kids who can't speak, read, or write English. So they were talking about education, but no one talked about the impact of alien students on the educational system. Can't do that because all we want to talk about is what? That's right, the southern border. Silly me. Fool that I am. Fool that I am. But they started out on the program talking about China. And I think I've done a decent job of explaining to you how China benefited from being educated in our best universities so they could take themselves out of the Stone Age and become a credible military threat to the United States and indeed the entire free world. Our schools. In fact, Diane Feinstein, um, who's in terrible shape now, back uh, in 1998, two days short of the fifth anniversary of the bombing of the Trade Center in 1993, talked about the need to perhaps end the visa waiver program, talked about the need to stop educating America's enemies and terrorists in schools involving education, uh, involving uh, engineering and physics and biology and chemistry, because she said we're teaching the terrorists, how to make weapons of mass destruction. She understood the danger. And this was four years before 9-11. And nobody went crazy and nobody rioted and nobody fainted. And everybody said, you know, that makes sense. And she gave concrete examples of terrorists who had benefited from educations in the United States and England who went on to use the training to commit weapons of mass destruction and kill people. And kill people. Betsy DeVos who was the Secretary of Education under Trump, conducted an investigation and was able to identify at least $6 billion in money that was unreported that went to U.S. universities from China, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and other countries that are not our friends. Betsy DeVos did that. And she did it because Trump was the president. You wonder why they're upset with Donald Trump? He actually went after the billions of dollars being poured into American universities by America's adversaries so that our adversaries could get their kids onto our campuses, get their professors onto our campuses so they could brainwash our children and become spouters of propaganda, not oracles of truth, and alter the curricula. Trump and Betsy DeVos did that. God only knows that kind of kicked sand in the picnic, didn't it? So look at what we're talking. These are all immigration issues. And yet Fox News waited until 90 minutes into the debate to talk about the southern border. Period. Full stop. Nothing else. But they did mention at the beginning how two U.S. Navy service members were arrested for spying on behalf of China. And that was the introduction to the threat China poses the United States. Is that an immigration story? What do you think? Of course it is. In fact, one of the two spies had just become an American citizen through the naturalization process last year, just before he began spying 
on our military because he joined the military. So he used his opportunity as a member of the military to send classified material, allegedly, allegedly, back to China. If we had not admitted him into the United States, he couldn't have done it. If we didn't make him an American citizen, he couldn't have done it. So I ask you again, is this an immigration story? You're damn right it is. But all Fox News said China poses a threat. Ignoring how their engineers and programmers were educated here, ignoring how these spies are entering the United States legally, we also know that there are Chinese military-aged men coming across the southern border. God knows what's happening on the northern border. When you talk about immigration, all you hear is southern border and border patrol. Immigration fraud was identified by the 9-11 Commission as the key method of entry for the terrorists, and not just the 9-11 hijackers. So immigration fraud is investigated by immigration agents. I know I did that. In fact, the very first time that I conducted an immigration fraud or a visa fraud investigation as a brand-new agent, believe it or not, caused me to trip over a terror plot in Israel, and I'm happy to tell you that we subsequently prevented the attack. We saved lots of lives. I was very proud of that. And that led to my working with the Israelis for the balance of my career. And, in fact, I assisted them frequently. When they had fugitives come to the United States, I'd go out with my partner and arrest them. And, of course, we were accused of anti-Semitism. You must be a bigot. No, my partner and I are both Jewish. Immigration law enforcement is not about bigotry. And, in fact, the murderer that I sent home stand trial was an Israeli man who had killed a Palestinian prostitute. I didn't care about their ethnicity, their religions, or their, you know, who they were that way. What mattered to me was that this guy was an illegal alien living in the United States, wanted for murder in Israel. And by the way, unlike other countries, Israel not only welcomed him back so they could prosecute him, they actually flew him out of our country on an El Al jet in the company of a number of Israeli police officers, so his deportation cost us virtually nothing. The gasoline and the government car to drive him to the airport. There's many countries that won't take their criminals back. Israel actively worked with us to take back their criminals. And by the way, if I asked Israel for intelligence on people that were in the United States involved with narcotics trafficking or other serious crimes, not only did they provide me with the information, but I got it generally within a day or two, and in a couple of occasions, they actually included the information in a diplomatic pouch within 48 hours so we could go forward with our investigation of their citizens who were committing crime in America. There are very few countries that gave us that level of cooperation. Just want to point it out and set the record straight. I also want to make it clear that immigration law enforcement is not about racism or bigotry or xenophobia. It's about law. It's about justice. It's about protecting America and Americans. And it's about bringing closure and justice to other countries and we can arrest bad guys and send them home. It's about protecting the jobs and wages of American workers. What does it not impact? Our hospitals are overflowing. You bring in more people. They might have diseases. We have a limited number of drugs, in part because of what China has done with pharmaceuticals and how we don't make anything here anymore. So we have limited drugs, and when you walk into the ER, no one asks are you an American or not. 
You're a patient. They got the drug. You need it. You're getting it. Often at American taxpayer expense if you're here illegally. And if they run out of drugs and Americans die as a consequence, that's the way it is. Because we do not prioritize. A patient is a patient is a patient. The impact of uncontrolled immigration will be to destroy the United States. This isn't about xenophobia. I don't care where these aliens are from. I don't care what they look like. What I care about is we have limited resources. That's the issue. That's the issue. Immigration and population impacts infrastructure, the environment, education, health care, the economy. You don't think it's inflationary when you bring in millions of people who need to buy food and clothing and shelter? And you have people around the country saying, what are you doing? We have a homelessness problem, but the homeless shelters are now being occupied by aliens who shouldn't be here thanks to Joe Biden. But that's okay, because we are a compassionate country. Our enemies, and some of them are domestic in my judgment, because what they're doing is their best interest. I mean, I, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know how to describe what's being done to America by Americans and including by American politicians. Why wouldn't you be concerned about the well-being of Americans before you were concerned about anybody else? You know, the people on the right don't get it. I, I hear crazy terminology. Oh, bleeding heart liberal. Well, first of all, there's nothing liberal about the Democrats. <laughs> As I've made my point, liberals celebrate the First Amendment. Liberals celebrate freedom of speech, freedom of thought, right? They're not liberals. They're not progressive. They're regressive. They want to go back to the days of segregation and end integration. That's not progressive. But the insult, oh, that guy's a bleeding heart liberal. Who do you want for a friend? A cold-hearted SOB who doesn't care about people or somebody who has real compassion and understands humanity and wants to do what's right? I don't know about you, but my friends are among the most compassionate people I've ever met in my life, and that's why they're my friends, right? So please don't tell me that it's appropriate to insult, to, to, uh, insult somebody by calling them a bleeding heart. That's an attribute, not a negative. It's a positive, not a negative. So let's be careful with our language. We need to win over our neighbors. Because, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was right, I believe, when she said that the, the, um, the, the national mascot of the United States shouldn't be the bald eagle but a pendulum. She said, you know, if you... Let that pendulum get too far in one direction or the other. The American people have generally had the good sense to push it back toward the center. I think things are crazy enough now that nobody can ignore the insanity. Okay? But we need to have conversations with our neighbors. Summer's drawing to a close. There'll be those barbecues. Um, there'll be a couple more days at the beach, perhaps, visiting in, in houses and so forth. Let's have conversations. Let's not talk about the left or the right. Let's talk about the issues. Does it make sense to bring in more foreign workers than the number of new jobs that we create? Does it make sense to bring people into the United States whose identities can't be verified? We're told that people are coming here out of economic desperation. By the way, that's not political asylum. Political asylum means that you face a, you have a credible, credible fear of persecution based on race, religion, ethnicity, sexual orientation, or political beliefs, period. Not because you're living in a country where you can't get clean water or the electricity is not reliable uh, or, or there's crime. Because you could point to a lot of American cities with those issues today, couldn't you? No. This is, these are economic refugees, but there's no such thing as an economic refugee. But many are coming because they want a job. 
That means they're going to displace Americans and send money out of the economy, which increases our national debt. Not good for America or Americans. I feel bad for these folks. I feel bad for homeless people, but I'm not going to invite in 50 homeless people to my home and tell my son, uh, go see if you can, if you can sleep in, the, in our neighbor's house tomorrow. No, you look out for your own children first. You look out for your own family first. And then people say to me, oh, they're so emotional, the Democrats. So am I. I'm emotional when I read about innocent people getting killed. I'm emotional when I see stories about children suffering from drug overdoses. I'm emotional when I see what is happening to America's middle class. I'm emotional when I see children being forced to take um, sex change operations or or sex-altering drugs, uh, puberty blockers, and so forth. I get emotional when parents are referred to as domestic terrorists who simply want to be in, wanting to be involved in the education of their own children. I do get emotional, and so should you. If you're married, I doubt that you use the spreadsheet to decide on whether or not to get married. Marriage is generally an emotional decision. We are emotional beings. The stupid phrases and excuses that we hear make no sense. And all we're doing is pushing away from us our neighbors who would join us if only we use the appropriate language and if only we got them to understand the damage that's being done. It's a clear case. It's one thing to bring in as many people as is reasonable. You go to a restaurant, they tell you how many people can occupy the restaurant based on what the fire commissioner says because of concerns about evacuating the building if there's a fire. You'll see it every time you walk into a public building. Occupancy by more than 300, 250, 110, whatever the number is. Occupancy by more than that is unlawful and dangerous, right? There are limits. Countries have to know limits the way that people and families have to know limits. We are intentionally being overwhelmed by an administration that wants to alter America irrevocably. There's no other conclusion that I can come to. And then we ask another question. Why? Well, if Hunter Biden actually was making all those trips with his father, and if, these are big ifs, some of that money flowed into the Biden coffers, if, see that the actions and decisions being made by Biden that are doing such harm to America are the result of money that has gone into his account, that he's being perhaps blackmailed, extorted, or bribed. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just asking the question. And if you look at the way they are circling the wagons to prevent Congress or anyone else from gaining true insight into what is going on, it's outrageous. It's infuriating. As an immigration agent, I wasn't allowed to accept a cup of coffee on duty. They would have gone after me. And it makes sense. They want you to be completely objective. And once you start taking something from somebody, you lose objectivity. How else can we explain the aberrant behavior, not only of Biden, but so many of our politicians? Campaign contributions are bribes. And by the way, isn't it remarkable that one of the conditions for the politicians to participate in the debate was they had to have a certain amount of money in their war chest? They had to gather up enough money. They had to get enough bribes, in other words, so they qualified for a podium. Is that what the founding fathers had in mind when they designed their government? The best government money can buy? 
nothing about ideology. It's all about money. And will you take an oath that you will support any candidate of the party? Well, are you supporting the people of the United States, the constituents? Then that even an afterthought. Folks, we're a speed bump to these characters. They're, we're a speed bump. So there's a massive invasion underway, but Fox News saw fit to wait 90 minutes into this two-hour debate to even make note of it. Shouldn't an ongoing invasion be topic number one? You want to talk about immigration fraud? Okay, again, the 9-11 Commission made it clear. That's how they're entering. These people who committed espionage lied on their applications and concealed their involvement with the Chinese military so that they got visas and ultimately got U.S. citizenship. That's immigration fraud. The terrorists concealed their involvement with terrorist groups. And by the way, Mayorkas has made it clear that he would not investigate immigration fraud when people became citizens because, as he put it, now that you're an American, you're going to get 100% of the protection of the U.S. government. Would that he would do that for Americans who are actually born in the United States. Interesting. By the way, Trump created a special office to go after people who committed immigration fraud, naturalization fraud, who had a link to terrorism. That was disbanded along with Betsy DeVos's investigation of all the billions of dollars that were flowing into our universities by America's adversaries. Why isn't any of that being talked about in a presidential debate? Chris Christie's good at bluff and bluster. I found it interesting that nobody talked about Bridgegate and how it was alleged that his people purposely screwed up the traffic on the George Washington Bridge uh, as a reprisal against the politician he was having an argument with. This is insanity. These folks are about power and money and wealth, but I doubt that any of them really care about the average American, and that should be the focus of our government. Didn't Lincoln describe America as the government of the people, by the people, and for the people? Was that in any kind of uh, was that an evidence in the debate? If you want to talk about education, talk about the impact of flooding schools with, with foreign students. And by the way, how many foreign students in our schools perhaps are members of transnational gangs? And it's not just Latin America because human nature is human nature. As an immigration agent, I arrested Italian mobsters, members of Israeli organized crime, members of the Jamaican drug posses, Asian organized crime, and certainly uh, MS-13 and others from Latin America. But human nature is universal. We find the good, the bad, and the ugly all over the world in every race, religion, and ethnicity. But with all the talk about crime, nobody talked about the gangs. All they wanted to talk about is the southern border. Why didn't one of the politicians stand up and say America is under invasion? And if Biden stays in office, we could wind up with 100 million illegal aliens in the United States, and there's no way of recovering from that kind of uh, a mess. And it only took 19 hijackers on 9-11 as we approach the anniversary of the attacks of 9-11. Consider this. 19 hijackers carried out the attacks of 9-11, which resulted in the death of more people than we lost to the Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941. And just about all of those aliens entered through ports of entry and committed fraud. But all they want to talk about is, yeah, you guessed it, southern border. Anyway, I hope my uh, statements, my uh, insight today um, raises questions. I hope you'll share it with friends and neighbors. Perhaps send the link to this program to as many folks as you can. 
have those conversations, and please remember that democracy is not a spectator sport. I thank you for joining me, even if I was an hour late, and I look forward to seeing you again next week, hopefully on time, right here on the Michael Cutler Hour. Have a great weekend, everybody. Be well. Stay safe. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.